Welcome to the Joseph Barlow Ministries podcast. Here, you'll learn from a real-life dad about raising a family, developing a healthy marriage, and teaching your children to find their purpose. Here he is, Joe Barlow. Let's just start right here. There's so much to manage in in uh, this life, right? There's so much to manage. And uh, since we were talking about food, let's keep talking about food for a second. If you cook, um, then the use of certain spices can really make things much nicer. And there are certain, there are certain elements within the Christian life that if you don't have them, it's like life can be pretty boring. And so I heard this phrase as I was preparing and uh, the phrase, and that's what I'll call this message, I guess, is the inimitable power of joy. Now, that is not a word that I use, but I heard that phrase, heard that word, inimitable. And that means you're not able to, it's not able to be imitated, inimitable. Uh, not able, to, it's beyond imitation. You can't imitate it. So the inimitable power of joy. Um, I know in my life, I've seen many different instances where joy was, let's call it volcanic. In other words, it just erupted out of my heart. And it was, that was a supernatural thing to help the brother who I was talking to. Um, this friend had just gotten out of jail. He is starting to rebuild his life after all these years. And, um, you know, and he crashed his car when he was on his way to work for me. And so he called me, boss, I, I wrecked my car, I said. And I just, all of a sudden, joy burst up out of my heart. And I was, and he was like, a little, he was a little ticked at me that I wasn't crying with him. <laughs> I said, man, you don't need that. I said, I'm telling you, God is about to bless you. And I was like, woo, <laughs> you know, this is awesome. Wait till you see what God has in store for you. And uh, he, was, he was searching for some compassion. And he didn't need that right then. He needed some, because I'll tell you, joy is powerful. Joy is very powerful. Um, so I want to, uh, um, well, let me tell you, joy can't be imitated. I mean, you can have somebody smile and then you get a half smile and you're like, they're lying. <laughs> you know, they're smiling, lying through their teeth with a smile. Um, so I'm going to encourage you to be a joy finder and a joy bringer. You know, some kids hate being in their homes. Some kids hate, uh, some, you know, family members. Uh, they just hate being around the family because there's no joy in the family. Remember, these Wednesday nights are about family, right? I'm fulfilling what God told me to do, to teach on family for a year. And uh, we'll see where he takes it from there. But um, uh, some people just, they, they make it hell to be in the home. And it's very difficult to be around. I had a lady come years ago and she sat down with me and needed some counsel. And she was telling me, and some of you have heard this story, but um, she was having Christmas with her mom and her daughter and she heard them saying things that were not necessarily of faith. You know, they were speaking doubt. And 
And so she just got angry with them and walked out of the kitchen and sat in the living room by herself. And uh, she said, Pastor, what do you think of that? I said, it sounds to me like God was trying to love some people that day and you were not available. You got up and walked out of that kitchen when they were in there. You weren't willing to stay and love them. Stay and be the fountain of blessing and love and joy. See, if it's always a bad day when you're around, this tonight's message is probably the answer for you. Okay? Um, you know, the little pig pen in, uh, what's his name? Uh, Charlie Brown, right? Always has a cloud of dirt around him. And then there's Eeyore, right? From Winnie the Pooh. Oh, dear. You know, everything's always wrong. Okay? And one of my brothers, when, when I was young, he used to, he complained so much. I finally said to him, I said, you would complain if somebody handed you a check for a million dollars. You'd complain that it's wrinkled. You know, um, if, if, we're, if we're versed at and skilled at finding the negative, then nobody's going to appreciate your input. But if you can find the good and celebrate it. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, they were commanded to celebrate with joy. Can you imagine? Be happy right now. Be happy. <laughs> you have to, in other words, it's like, hey, you know, there are some kingdoms, man, you couldn't, you were not allowed to show up in the king's presence with a frown on your face. Or he would remove that face from your body. You know, like, uh, I don't like the look of that. Off with your head. Um, there, there's, uh, you, we, need, we need joy bringers. We need fountains of blessing in this world. We've got to bring it forth. Because people don't know that they're star what they're starving for. And then when you show up and bring them some joy, then they're like, wow, I feel better already. I don't know if you've ever had this, but I've had it happen. Um, I went back to visit one of my old companies, a company that I used to work for, and I sat down and had lunch with my former employees. And uh, we were having a blast. And one of the guys who was newer right when I was leaving, he goes, now we know who to invite to lunch. <laughs> we need to invite Joe to lunch because it was, sure was fun. It was a lot of, I was just joking, making jokes and laughing, having a really good time. And um, so uh, we, we have a job to do. And of course, I'm all about, you know, wanting, you know, to pre we've got to preach the gospel, right? But if you do it with a scowl on your face, people are going to say, you know what? I really don't want to catch whatever you got. But if your face is beaming and you're shining and you're happy and you're joyful because you're looking at the light, you know, it says in Psalm 34, it says those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. So you can tell what a person's looking at internally. You can tell where their internal eye is pointed to. Are they, are they looking at the dirt? Are they, is their head in the toilet? Is their head in the trash can? Or is their head up to the sky and looking at the sun and, and observing the horizon and seeing what could be? 
or what has been and how terrible their life is because it's bad, 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 bad. Um, I like what Joel Osteen said. He said, <clears throat> you know, your windshield is a certain size and the rear view mirror is only so big. He said, because, and, and proportionately, that's about how much time we should be spending looking into our past. S- spend the rest of the time looking to your future. Some people are so bound up in their past that they are really, 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 really zero fun to be around. As a matter of fact, it's probably past zero to negative. You know, some people go to zero on their joy and then it's like all the negative stuff starts to put you in negative territory. So it's like, in other words, people won't put up with you anymore. They'll actually go out of their way to avoid you. If you, are, if you are not a joy bringer, we need to be bringing joy and love into people's lives. Um, make them smile. I, I thought it was amazing. It was amazing to me back in our early years of parenting when uh, one of our pastors said, why don't you read a joke book at the dinner table? I'm like, dear God, that is some holy advice, you know? It seemed like the most unholy advice, but it was really holy because if you are intent on winning the hearts of your children, then making it fun, making it least pleasant, at least it should be pleasant, if not desirable to be there. Because if everybody's on their phone or everybody, as soon as you're done talking, they're, they're out of there. Um, when, when it's fun, people linger, people hang out, you know, and, and it's enjoyable. You know, it's just like, man, I want to be here. It's desirable. It's fun. I like these people, right? Well, that's the kind of environment you want to foster in your home and even in individual relationships. Um, I love what my daughter, Olivia, when she was young, younger, she, uh, uh, she would get these joke books. You know, she would pull a joke book off the, off the shelf and start just reading it. And honestly, she just developed a really funny sense of humor. And I mean, we would be riding along in the car and she would say, hey, dad, let me tell you this joke. And then so she would read a joke to me. You know, it was, it was great. But she was developing that sense of humor. This is a gift that we can give to people because we don't need all the time we have to be serious. We can get everything done we need to get done and still have plenty of time left over for a party. I will tell you this, one of the most powerful aspects um, of, that Nancy and I have found personally, one of the most powerful aspects of ministry we've ever found is parties. When we have a party, We love it. I mean, the people are like, we used to have volleyball, this was 20 years ago, but we used to have volleyball parties in our, um, no, this was 25 years ago. (laughs) But we used to have volleyball parties and uh, after church, or, you know, Sunday afternoon sometime, and we had a big enough backyard, we'd set up two nets. And um, man, we had games going. Probably 60 to 80 people would show up Sometimes people would just come and they would just sit in our living room because they could just feel the presence of God. And they would just sit there. 
And it was, it was just like, y'all doing okay? Oh, we're fine. <laughs> we are just fine. You know, like, don't drive us out. We're, we're fine right where we, we're really enjoying this. And people aren't used to having that environment of real love and, and fun and compassion and joy and just all the good stuff, you know. People aren't used to that. A lot of people, well, some people are used to it, uh, but a lot of people aren't, and a lot of people go hungry. But we have this responsibility to bring this stuff into people's lives. People are hurting for love. People are hurting for that compassion, okay? And we want to we be the ones to bring it. Let me get into the Word, and then we'll find our way right from here. Is that okay? So let's go like, right to Luke. I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture tonight. All right. So here we go. Uh, Luke 6, 23. Can you give me the verse before it as well? Is that possible? Um, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. Now, it says leap for joy, okay? Leap for joy. All right, let me be honest with you. There are times I've been in some pretty tough situations. Pretty tough. Um, maybe over at somebody else's house or maybe at a business. Uh, at work in some situation. It was really, really rough. And I knew I needed to do this. Because I knew the power of jumping up and down. <laughs> because I knew that it would break whatever power the devil was trying to bring on me. So I would go in the bathroom and start jumping up and down and worship. I would lift up my hands and worship him. Thank you, thank you, Lord. I love you. And I would just thank him. Love you, Lord. Love you, Lord. And, uh, and it wouldn't take long before I'd get happy. And when you get happy, you're breaking the power and the confidence of the enemy, right? When you get happy, you break the power and the confidence of the enemy. Um. When it's really irritating to a boxer when somebody's pounding the guy's face in and he smiles back at them. That's irritating. Because as long as he's smiling, he hasn't given up his power. He knows he's still winning. As long as he's got a smile, he's still winning. Honestly, my very first wrestling match, I got pinned in 52 seconds when I was in fifth grade. I was in the 92-pound weight class fifth grade, and I got pinned in 52 seconds. I spent the majority of the match bridging up on my head and my feet, trying to keep my back from being pinned, and uh, 52 seconds. But do you know when I got up from that mat and they put the other guy's hand up, I had the biggest smile on my face. Like, Joe, why are you smiling? I got to wrestle. (laughs) You know? (laughs) All is well. Um... But what I just said about giving up your power, you could be in the middle of a conversation. Don't give up your smile. Don't give up your smile. As long as that smile's coming up, you're still connected. It's it's like you still got a vein open from the spirit into your uh, psyche in a sense that as long as you keep your smile, you know, you're not losing. But I'll tell you this, once you lose your smile, the battle is pretty well lost unless you repent. 
Is that landing? Are you getting that? If you give up your smile, you've already lost. Because you've already, once you give up your smile, you've moved from the spirit into the flesh. Is that okay? I mean, it's actually true. If you can't stay smiling, you're already lo- you've already lost. Okay? And I'm, actually, that's probably bigger than you think it is. Um, so John chapter 15, verse 10 and 11 says, um, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Next. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. God wants you to receive from him because if you're receiving from him, all is well. If you've stopped receiving from him, all is not well. But when you receive something, you get this completeness of joy. When when the gift lands, I was believing God for some money, and the day that it arrived, I'm like, I, I cried. I was so thankful, so thankful, you know? So when, 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 that, when it comes in, that's your, it says your joy is complete. God wants our joy to be complete. Why? Well, uh, okay, why would God want your joy to be complete? Oh, let, me, let me put it this way. If you had a marquee above a restaurant or a theater and several of the light bulbs were blown out, wouldn't you want them repaired? Why? So that everybody would know how good the food is there or how good the show is. God wants your joy to be complete because you're the marquee to tell people how good Christianity is. Is Christianity good or is it not? Well, without any joy, your light bulbs are blown out. And nobody can see the shine. But we need to see the shine. God needs you. God needs people to see the shine. Do you know that God doesn't want glory because he is an egomaniac? Did you know that? God wants glory because it's safer for people when they're attracted to him than it is if they're attracted to the world. Does that make sense? It's, God is not an egomaniac. That is not why he wants glory. He wants glory because it's a magnetic force that draws people to him. And he knows that the safest place for people is if they're in the process of being attracted to God. That's why he wants glory. There may be other reasons, but I can tell you for sure that because he's a God of love and that he is love himself, that the reason God wants people attracted to him, the reason why God wants glory is he wants people attracted to him. And he wants people attracted to him because he is the best place for everyone to be. So it's an act of love that God wants glory. It's an act of love. Okay? All right. Acts 16.34. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. This is Paul and Silas, you know, after they were beaten in, in the jail in the Philippian prison. Right? And then they got, uh, the jailer got born again. Right? The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. Now, 
filled with joy. I've seen some people give their life to Jesus and they weren't really filled with joy. And I'm like, did we flip the right switches here? Did everything happen the way it's supposed to happen? I'm not really sure you got what was coming to you. If you're not happy about this, either you're not seeing it or something's up, something's wrong in, in the situation. Uh, there should be fullness of joy once somebody comes into Christ. Um, some of you know Courtney Dugan, who has, has been a part of this body on and off for a couple, I don't know, a little while. She just moved out to Isla Vista, California, the same place where my son is uh, a pastor uh, there. And um, they just, she just posted a video of kids getting baptized in the ocean. And they just walk right out there into the waves and, and baptize. And it was so full of joy. The whole video, I mean, it was like they were, they were jumping up and down so much that they all fell into the water. <laughs> you know, it was really beautiful. It was really beautiful. So, um, you know, I like to say, if, if you're happy, make sure you tell your face, right? <laughs> make sure you tell your face, you know? Uh, it, it should show on your face. If you are happy, it should show. Uh, and I'll tell you this. Your children need to see that things are okay. Your children need to know, because I'll tell you, they watch you. And they want to see, is everything all right? How's mom and dad doing? Uh, are, we, are we in trouble? Right? Are we in trouble? If we're in trouble, it's going to show on mom and dad's face. Okay? And um, so make sure that you're looking at the right stuff because it's gonna bring stability into your child's heart. It's gonna bring security, a sense of security into their heart that, hey, everything's okay, you know? Um, <clears throat> okay. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it's a matter of righteousness. That means right standing with God, which is a gift, right? Righteousness, peace, that means everything's fine. And joy, that means everything is better than fine. Okay? So the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it's a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Um, I told you the story. You've seen this. <clears throat> I've shared this with you before, but when I was a freshman in college, you know, uh, my roommates would have a few sips, you know. <clears throat> <I'm not clears> I was never much of a drinker, so they would call me One Beer Barlow. I told you that, right? And uh, <laughs> One Beer Barlow. And I uh, couldn't handle it. And um, so we would have a few sips and then stagger over to the, uh, the mess hall or the dining hall, laughing real loud, just laughing, having fun. That was freshman year. By senior year, we'd be in my room praying in tongues and rejoicing in the Lord, just praising God. And we would go staggering over to the dining hall real loud and laughing, having same picture, different spirits, you know? And um, joy is the mark, right? If you got joy, that means you got something going on. Uh, like, like I shared before as well, that 
I used to find myself, I'd be walking down the hallway at work and all of a sudden find myself with a big smile on my face. I'm like, what's up with that? It's just, it was the joy of the Lord. Just keep coming. That's all right with me. Um, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's a really good verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, right? When you've moved your heart out of doubt and into trust, you have, you have room to be happy and joyful. But if you're still living over in doubt and fear and unbelief, yeah, I mean, you know, you're on your own. <laughs> Unless you want to get saved and get, get over here where it's fun. Get, get your thoughts back into the kingdom. Um, one of the ways to do it is to act happy. Uh, you know, I've said before, smile, it'll make your brain think you're happy, which literally is true. I don't know if you know this, but psychologically, literally, that is true. If you smile, it will make your brain think you're happy. It'll make everybody else think you're happy too. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. Go ahead and smile. It, it's, it's good for you. Uh, it tells your whole body. Your whole body gets a signal that, wow, well, everything's fine. If he's smiling, everything's fine. Uh, you, you know, your classmates, if you're, if you're smiling, everything's fine. If you're, your coworkers, if you're smiling, every, they think everything's fine. Your family, if you're smiling, everybody thinks everything's fine. Okay, good. Start smiling because Jesus is on his throne, right? Jesus is on his throne. And I'll tell you this, it will do you good to physically get involved with your praise. Physically get involved with your praise and worship. Um, years ago, I had a, um, a thing where the Lord, I was taking a class on praise and worship, and they took us through the seven Hebrew words uh, that all are translated as praise, but each one of them has a different action involved with it. Uh, even Carmen put out a video years ago on the seven Hebrew words, which is kind of a funny video, uh, but uh, t talking about all the different Hebrew words relative to that. But each one had an action. Then I found out that all, there's several words for rejoice, and each of those has an action. And if you do the action, you're actually being a doer of the word. And that's a good idea. Did you know that, you know, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, it says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it, right? But it says in there, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. Watch this up here, y'all. Spirit, soul, and body. Okay, so if we go with a, Spirit, soul, and body, right? Well, when we worship the Lord, um, a lot of times we're satisfied to do it in our mind. Okay, Lord, I love you. I'm just in my heart. I'm just, Lord, I love you. I'm, so, I'm just so happy with you, okay? Um, that's getting your soul involved as well. So in your spirit, you can be praying in tongues, you know, and that's great which I'm a high proponent of that. You know, I, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of praying in tongues, okay? Um, 
because you know it says in the scriptures that in in first corinthians 14 that he that speaketh in a tongue gives thanks well well cool i'll just start speaking in tongues and i'm doing a good job of giving thanks to god all right cool i'm good with that but you know what that will do is it will it will start stirring up things that you'll remember to be thankful for. Like, oh yeah, oh, thank you, Lord, for that. That's really good. And as you <clears throat> speak in tongues, you'll think of more things that, you can be th- that you're thankful for. Why? Because you're giving thanks well already in the spirit. But then as you continue to speak, the thoughts are gonna hit your mind of reminding you of what, you're, what you are thankful for or should be thankful for. So then um, God was dealing with me about all these different actions the actions of praise. So he's like, you know, I don't just want your spirit and your soul. I want your body. So, you know, Psalm 47 says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You know what that actually means in the Hebrew? It means clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That's what it means. (laughs) Exactly. And um, so if it says it, then if I don't do it, the Bible says, according to James chapter one, I'm deceiving myself. Okay. So, um, so I started, I started thinking about how could I do this? Like make this part of like a morning routine, you know, where I worship the Lord in a way that's not just singing or playing my guitar, but actually doing all the different things, clapping, speaking in tongues, leap for joy. Uh, You know, when it says, this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice. The word rejoice there literally means, and you can look this up in the Strong's Concordance. It literally means to spin around and around as with a violent emotion. You want to be a doer of the word? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> make sure, make make sure that make sure that uh, you don't do too much <clears throat> if you if you can't handle the dizziness <laughs> or if you do get dizzy. But um, getting your physical body involved with your worship is more honest. That's more honest. That's more pure. That's more whole. That's more holy. And as you, so when you actually clap your hands, and the scripture says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. You know, there's two different Hebrew words for lifting up your hands. One is yada, which means stretch them out as far as you can. The other one is tauda, which means just to lift up your hands and give thanks to him, right? And uh, another one is tehillah, another Hebrew word for praise is tehillah, which means to sing or to laud him, right? Another one is barak, which means to lay down and just, uh, just lay down before the Lord and bless and to bless the Lord. Another one is to shout or shabak, means to split the ears with sound. Um, and so then uh, another one, like I said, is to touch the strings. You know, zamar means to touch the strings, to play skillfully. Um, so I was thinking about this. How could I make this part of a morning routine? And I went to church and I saw that the song, the worship leader had a little notepad piece of paper taped to his mic stand. It was the list of songs he was doing that night. 
And the Lord said, he has a list. I knew exactly what he was saying. He has a list. Why don't you have a list? You're going to get up and praise me in the morning. Why don't you have a list? Go and put a, put a list together. And so I did. I said, I'm going to spin three times. I'm going to spin. And so I put the number of times I'm going to do each one. Spin three times. I'm going to jump five times. I'm going to shout. Well, not too loud because the kids are sleeping. <clears throat> I'm going to speak in tongues for a minute. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, I'm, I just went through the list and, and put a different plan together. And so the next morning, uh, well, see, I made the decision the night before that I was going to do this. And when I, um, so I wouldn't have to make the decision in the morning. Because if you make the decision in the morning, the pillow will win. Right? Is that true? The pillow will win. It usually does. If you, if you wait till the morning, but if you make the decision the night before, then the pillow won't win. You'll have more willpower. So I made the decision the night before, I'm going to get up the next morning and I'm going to worship God with all my heart. And so I went through the list. I got up and just did all the motions. And guess what I felt? Nothing. So the Lord said, do it again. Okay, so I went through the list again. And pretty soon, all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm enjoying it. I'm loving God. He's actually enjoying when my heart gets connected, his heart gets connected. You know, it's like, hey, we're, we're in this, you know. And he showed me a picture like of an airplane. Uh, if you're going down the runway and, you know, you, you're not feeling any lift, it's not time to stop. It's time to keep going. Put the afterburners on. Because you're going to keep pushing down that runway till you feel a lift. Once you feel a lift, you know you're in the air. Once you, know, once you feel that lift, the law of lift has taken over the law of gravity, okay? And so <clears throat> it's not time to back off then. Keep, keep the burners going. Keep the engines firing, and, and you will climb. So in a sense, you can effectively climb up into the heavenlies in a pretty powerful way. As a matter of fact, Nancy wrote a song early in our marriage. It just says, we will soar. High above the troubles, riding with the wind. You know, it's just a simple love song. We will soar, we will soar. And um, once you, one day I was looking out the window, early in our marriage, I looked out the window and uh, I saw these like two or three birds way up high. And they weren't flapping their wings, they just had their wings out. And the Lord said, see those birds up there? I said, yeah. He said, they're not working. I said, really? He said, they're just riding the wind. I'm taking care of it. I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. But it takes a little doing to get up there. Okay? Now, we are one with God, but we do have this thing where um, breaking away from the confines of our negative thinking and the flesh, basically, and moving into the spirit, starting to praise him. So I just kept praising him outwardly with, you know, waving my hands and doing that list and just uh, some modification of it after that, just enjoying that, enjoying the Lord. So as I did that, um, I felt 
a, a greater sense of being in the spirit than being in the flesh. Now, I don't know about you, but I can tell you when you're more in the spirit than you are in the flesh, according to Romans 8, you're going to have more victory. You're going to have more spiritual victory than if you're in the flesh all the time. If your flesh is winning, you know, uh, then you're going to be mean and nasty and, you know, a glutton and all that other stuff. You know, it's just nasty. But if you're more in the spirit, you are much more pleasant to be around. Okay? Um, so I noticed that week that I had more spiritual breakthroughs in that week than I had had in a long time. And I'm like, this has got to be connected because I'm actually getting my physical body to obey the word of God. Okay? So then um, uh, I did that that whole week. And, man, I had breakthroughs all week long. And then uh, gravity took over. And forgetfulness and, and the flesh. And then forgetting about it and that dropping off the agenda, you know. And so it's like, man, I need that. I need that time. And I forget about it, you know. It just it goes out of your mind. So then when this... Uh, new program that I'm on, this, uh, I think it's called Fit Dads, something like that. And uh, this program I'm on, he says, you got to wait, when you wake up in the morning, do 10 minutes of something that will elevate your heart rate. Anything that will elevate your heart rate for 10 minutes. I'm like, I know what will elevate my heart rate. I go down in the basement and do my little plan of praise. That's why I called it a plan of praise. If I go down in the basement and just jump around and uh, worship God, wave my arms and sing to him and pray in tongues for, you know, set a timer for 10 minutes. And I'll tell you, it's blessed. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to use for my 10-minute morning thing and have been using it. Uh, didn't get to this morning because we had some guests in the basement. But uh, so I've got to come up with another solution when there's people around. Um, but... It was blessed. It is blessed. I love it. To really just go for it by yourself with him, right? Let me keep going. Is this helping anybody? You getting anything out of this? Okay. So uh, we are on Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You will hear God more accurately when you get your body involved with worshiping him. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Please notice that the number two item on the fruit of the spirit is joy. Why did he put that there? Love, joy, peace. It's like, yeah, we're also, God's a God of love. You know, he didn't put faith as number two. He put love, he put joy as number two. Well, if you're in love, remember I told you when I went right after Nancy and I started dating and I went home to the family at Christmas and I walked into the kitchen and my sister-in-law was in there doing the dishes. She looked up at me and she said, you're in love. (laughs) She could tell by the look on my face that I was in love. She's like, okay, well, once again, if if you're happy, make sure you tell your face. Uh, But there was no holding it back. There was no holding it back. I was, uh, I was gone for good. Um, 
Uh, Philippians 2, verse 2. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Paul saying as an apostle, he said, you know, would you guys start to agree with each other? Be like-minded. Well, what if there's somebody that you're not supposed to be like-minded with? Don't hang out with them. Or unless you're, unless you're seeing that there is pressure from you on them that's actually changing them. Uh, and, I, and what I mean by that, and I'll t- I, you've, you've heard this before, but I'm going to tell it again. Uh, a friend of mine was talking to me about dealing with temptation. He came into my office, and uh, this was back at a job that I had. And I said, you know, if I were to cover this wall or this doorway here with cellophane, then if the air pressure inside this office was greater than it is out there, then that cellophane would be pushing out. But if the air pressure out there is greater than it is in here, that cellophane would be pushing in. That's the way it is with temptation. And that's the way it is if you're talking to somebody and you're around somebody, if you're influencing them, if the pressure on the inside of you is greater than it is on them. Like if, they, if you've got more Holy Ghost than they've got sin, the impact is going to be made on their life. If they've got more desirable stuff than you have, because you're not delighting in the Lord, the impact is going to be from them to you. And then sin is going to have a, a flavor. You're going to, because everybody wants to be happy and everybody wants stuff that tastes good. Because God made you that way. Right? So if God made you that way, then why aren't we experiencing so much more goodness? Well, like I told you, uh, you know, when, I, when the Lord told me, he said, I'm going to cause you to drink. For, this next year, I'll cause you to drink from my river of delights. And it came about June or July, and it was like a hard year. I was like, Lord, what's up? Where's that river of delights? He said, you're not drinking. What does that mean? You're not drinking. You're not delighting in the things of God to the point where they are, in a sense, magnified in your eyes, bigger than the things of this world that try to bring you delight. Like I said before, the devil doesn't put those scantily clad women up on those billboards because he likes you so much. He does it because he's trying to kill you, okay? But he's also trying to increase the pressure on you so that the pressure on you is to sin, Because the Bible does say sin hath pleasure for a season. So if you're intent on, but everybody, everybody was built this way to want to enjoy things, okay? And because that pressure is there, the devil steps right in and says, okay, well, let me give you some sin because sin hath pleasure for a season. So I'll tempt you with that sin. But if you're delighting in the Lord so much, if you're you're praising him in the morning, like physically, it's a lot harder to be tempted because you're delighting in him so much. All right. 1 Thessalonians 3, 9. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? You know, sometimes when people start coming to our church here, uh, their hearts are just so filled with joy because of um, the word of God, because of the presence of the Lord, the worship and the fellowship. Um, 
and they just get, I mean, literally giddy. I mean, they, I mean, it's like, I am so happy to be here, you know? And um, I'll tell you, I'm happy to be here, you know, just to be honest, I'm happy to be here. And uh, so how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of God, of our God because of you? Hebrews 1.9, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. What does that mean, anointing you with the oil of joy? Anointing, oil is for anointing. You know, anoint means to smear oil into, right? Um, So God has poured an oil of joy on Jesus. You know, it says that Jesus was uh, far above his brethren as when it came to joy. In other words, Scripture basically says in Hebrews that Jesus was happier than anybody else around him. He was outwardly more happy than anybody else around him. Okay? Um, and that is also an anointing. An anointing. The joy, you can be anointed with joy. That day that I picked up the phone when my friend was, uh, uh, when he crashed his car, and all of a sudden joy just burst out of me, that was an anointing for joy. Because it was a rescue to him. Hebrews 12, 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the pioneer, and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he, he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you know a couple weeks ago I spoke in the Sunday morning service on goals, setting goals. Basically what I was talking about is setting a goal, setting a desire before yourself, deciding what do you want and pursuing what you want, okay? Going after it. Jesus had a joy set before him and that gave him the ability to endure. You know, um, really, I was listening to Andrew Womack thing the other day, and he was saying how hope is really getting that joy set before you clearly. And it's amazing what you can endure and how much patience you can have if you see that vision clearly. Right? So s- Jesus had a joy set before him, and it helped him endure the cross. And then later, another verse, it says, Consider him, Jesus, who endured such things at the hands of sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Well, if you just do it the same way Jesus did it, get a joy set before you. Get a joy and set it before you. and pers- A godly joy and set it before you and pursue it. And as you do, you're blessed and you can endure great opposition, okay? Um, James 1, 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Oh, really? Uh, I don't remember. You know, when I bring this up to people, they don't, a lot of times they get mad at me <laughs> because they're in the thick of it, and they don't want, they don't want this. They don't want to have to uh, say, Lord, I'm going to put this in the joy column and not the, in the sadness column. I've got to change the, I've got to change my, this is an accounting scripture. Consider it 
You, you could also say account it. Account it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, okay? So get your, um, when, when is it difficulty? No matter what the difficulty, put it in the joy column. This will help you psychologically win over the problem. Okay, 1 Peter 1.8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I like that, those last two words, glorious joy, because I have a daughter-in-law named Glory Joy. That's perfect. (laughs) Um, But though you have not seen him, you love him. That's you. He's talking about you. You haven't seen Jesus face to face, but you love him. And you do not see him now, but you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. This is good. Don't forget, we're the joyful ones. We win. So we get, we're the ones that get to wear the smile. Let's call the smile the crown of glory, right? If you got the smile on, you're wearing the crown of victory the laurel wreath, right? Second John 1, 4. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. Man, um, as a grandfather now, uh, to see my uh, grandchildren uh, doing different things honestly brings me great joy. So this morning I had to get up and be over uh, babysitting at 8 o'clock because uh, Kimmy and Andrew both had to be at work. And so I got to sit down on the couch with my little Haley. And we just were snuggling on the couch, just sitting there. She was leaned up against me. So we were talking about playing piano. We talked about, uh, I taught her how to count to 100 with two hands, you know, on her fingers with two hands, you know. And, and uh, so we were going through all that. And just, I was just delighting. And I was full of joy. Uh, being with my granddaughter. I was just flat out enjoying it. And um, so it it pleases the Father when you walk in him and walk with him and walk in the truth. One of the things I used to share with my older kids, you know, like sometimes Nancy would have one car, I'd have the other. And uh, so... (laughs) So I would... You know, who, who wants to ride with Dad? You know, and sometimes nobody wanted to ride with that. And that's a great sign, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes if a kid would ride with me, I'd stop and get something on the way home. (laughs) Let you know, it pays to pay. It pays to spend time with the father. (laughs) Giving out my secrets. All right, let's go. I want to go into the Old Testament and some scriptures there, okay? Yeah. Let me just say this. You may be cooking your life with the wrong spices. And if you're not putting joy in, you got, you're missing out on something that'll make you very happy. You see what I'm saying? Add joy into your life everywhere. Everywhere you can, add it in. Add it in. Nehemiah 8.10 says, go and enjoy choice food. Oh, that's a Bible command. Glory to God. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. 
and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. Look at that. He's commanding you to not be sad. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, there's a phrase you should commit to memory. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So get your heart activated with joy. Remember that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc., right? Well, remember, it's not something, uh, joy is not on a, or the fruit of the Spirit is not a to-do list. It's, it's a fruit list of what is already growing on your heart. But every time you decide to function in joy, you're activating it because you are just simply agreeing with what's already on the inside of you. Is this making sense? Is this helping? Okay. So the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8:17. The whole company that had returned from exile built temporary shelters and lived in them. From the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this, and their joy was very great. Um, Nehemiah 12:43. And on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. Let's go to the Psalms, Psalms 511. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. I want to propose to you that I do believe, and well, let me just say this is my opinion, that some people have a habit of being negative, and people have a habit of not being happy. It's in their subconscious. They've, they've programmed it into themselves to look for the negative and to focus on the negative and to not be happy about anything. So whenever you bring up something happy to them, they, they glossed right over it and basically account it as, of, as for nothing. Well, I'll tell you, the end of that type of a person is in depression. That is a method to bring depression to be fully seated in your life. You don't want depression to seated in your life. If somebody's battling depression, they should try the word of God, okay? Try doing what the scripture says. Try doing that plan of praise that I talked about. Man, that'll, uh, that, that'll be better than any drug they could give you, you know? That'll get some things going in your, in your body. Physical reactions in your body with your hormones and everything, getting happy and focused on happy. But you can have a habit of being sad, and uh, I don't recommend it. So let all who take refuge in you be glad. So it's still a decision because you could be taking refuge in God and be sad if you want. Let them ever sing for joy. You know, I, I play the piano, I play guitar, and uh, I can play songs that are morose, sad, uh, down. And I could, I could, because of the power of music, if I started playing a real somber song, I could get you all to feel somber. But if I start playing an upbeat uh, something fun and bouncy, everybody's going to be smiling, right? Well, if you need to turn on some happy music, do it. 
If you need to turn on some happy music, do it. Um, Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Come on. If you're going to live like live in heaven and live in relationship with God, you're going to have to endure Psalm 16, 11, where he's filling you with joy in his presence and eternal pleasures at his right hand. Okay? I recommend hang out with the Father. Hang out with the Father because he fills you with joy in his presence. Psalm 19.8, the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. You know what that means? Reading your Bible, if you do it right, if you have the Holy Spirit right there teaching you and guiding you into all truth, the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Reading the Bible is going to make you happy. You want to get happy? Open your Bible. That's what it says right here. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. I love reading the Bible, okay? The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Psalm 20, verse 5. May we shout for joy, or another translation, we will shout for joy when you are victorious and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests, amen. But it says we will shout for joy when you are victorious, okay? Uh, you might say, well, I'm not really a shouter. Okay, well, you can change. <laughs> right? Amen. I can. Well, Joe, you're not a dancer. Okay, you got me. You got me. <laughs> you got me there because the scripture says the Father will dance, right? And it says to sing and dance for joy, right? Well, I'm, I'm just not going to let you down in my basement when I'm doing it. <laughs> Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I praise him. My heart leaps for joy. Psalm 30, verse 11, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. I like that. Psalm 33, verse 3, sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy, okay? Do what you can do, friends. Do what you can do. You can sing to him, and you can shout for joy. If you can't play anything skillfully, uh, clap your hands. Do that skillfully. Psalm 35, 27, may those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. Well, there's a to-do, right? You know, in, in my Bible... I, in an older Bible that I had, I would, every, I would use a green uh, colored pencil. And every time it was a to-do, like do this, I would highlight it or underline it in green. Like go, like green go, right? And uh, you could, if you were legalistic, you would say, I have to do this. And, but if your understanding of grace and how God created you, or recreated you, then you'll realize that everything that it's a command to do is something that you already have a propensity towards. And you're just waking up to 
I have a propensity toward this. Go ahead and do it. Give yourself license to be a dancer. Give yourself license to be a shouter, okay? Give yourself license to speak in tongues. You understand? Okay. May those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say, the Lord be exalted who delights in my prosperity, in the well-being of his servant. Another translation says, the Lord be exalted who delights in my prosperity. Psalms 42, 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Amen. Psalm 45, verse 7. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. That's the same verse we saw in Hebrews earlier. Okay? Psalms 47, verse 1. Um, Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with cries of joy. Amen. Psalm 51, verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Listen, if you've gotten over into the flesh and to be quite soulish, then you could be getting morose or sad or disquieted or or discomforted. And if you would delight yourself, is right now, you could pray this prayer, Lord, you restore to me the joy of my salvation, and he will say to you now, no, you do it. If you were to pray this in the New Testament, he'd say, sorry, that ain't my job. You do it. I've already given you everything you need. You can take joy, and it's your choice. What are you going to do? You could take joy. So start to delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, right? So get your heart focused back over on him and get happy about him. If you're not happy, you're not really tasting it or you're not chewing it or something. You're not getting it. You keep going until you get it. Dig in. There's something there for you. Okay. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Friends, he already did. Just do it. You know. You receive it. Okay? Psalm 86, verse 4. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. Well, my friends, nowadays, you start trusting the Lord, you'll have joy. Okay? Psalm 90, verse 14. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. You know what I would say in the New Testament? Start singing for joy and and being glad all your days, especially in the morning, and you're going to be so satisfied with joy and his unfailing love. You see the difference? Okay. Is that all right? All right. Uh, Psalm 98, verse 4. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Amen. Put on some tunes you like. Right? Psalm 100, verse 1. Forgiving grateful praise. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. 
Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Psalm 118, verse 15. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents. Now, they, when somebody's walking by your house, they might hear shouts. But are they shouts of joy and victory? There's a big difference. You might hear shouting. Yeah, what are they? Ah, I don't want to go over there. Right? You don't want to go over there. But if there's shouts of joy and victory, you want to find out what are they so happy about? Uh, Psalm 119, verse, verse 111. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. Again, the word of God, right? You translate that, the word of God. The word of God is a joy, the joy of my heart. Psalm 126, verse 2. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Verse 1 on that chapter says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of his people, we were like men who dreamed. And then it says in verse 2, Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. So start rejoicing over the things that you have. You know, Nancy has a little uh, sign uh, that says, it's up in our bathroom, and it says, I remember when I prayed for the things that I have now. I like that sign. I remember when I prayed for the things that I have now. Well, have you given thanks for them? Have you spent time literally just saying, Father, thank you. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights in whom there is no variance nor shadow of, of turning. Lord, I'm so happy that you've blessed me with the things I asked you for, right? When, uh, when John and Mark were little, <clears throat> um, they hadn't made their bed one morning. They came down. <laughs> so I said to them, listen, guys, do you want a pretty wife? Uh, yeah. Well, then go make your bed because nobody's going to want a slob, you know? <laughs> I won't ask Gloria Joy whether or not. Anyway, okay. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. You know what people say about my family? You are blessed, Joe. You are blessed. And I just have to say, that is true. I am blessed. Okay? And I've been believing these verses for 35, 40, 50 years. 45 years. I've been believing these verses. I've been standing on them. That these things would come to pass in my life, and they are coming to pass. And there's a whole lot more. I went to the Lord a couple weeks ago, and I just said, Lord... Are there things in my heart that are blocking blessings from you? He said, yeah, there's still a lot of things that you believe that are wrong, that are blocking my blessings. I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, lead me into truth because I, I want to experience the fullness of what you have in store for me. Okay? You understand that? I don't think I'm getting it wrong when it comes to the fact that Jesus is Lord, okay? Nor that he wants us blessed. I think I'm, I'm correct in believing that, amen? Um, but there may be some things still there. I believe there's things in my heart that are still uninformed, you know? And the scripture says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. 
if you don't know, if you didn't know that there was $10 million in, in a bank account with your name on it, you wouldn't be writing checks on it because you wouldn't know. Yet you have power to change the world, right? So we need to find out what is ours. Um, Psalm 126, verse 5. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Amen. Uh, Psalm 126, verse 6. Those who go out with weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. God has so much blessing in store, but make sure that when you're bringing in the harvest, you're singing happy songs and thanking him. Amen? Um, the prospect, Proverbs 10, 28. The prospect of the righteous is joy, but the hopes of the wicked come to nothing. So that means the prospect, prospect means what you have to look forward to. Because if I were to say, hey, how are prospects? I would be asking you, what does your immediate future look like? Right? And the prospect of the righteous is joy. So what you, the righteous, have to look forward to is joy. Are you looking forward to it? Jerry Savelle says you should wake every day with, a, with an attitude of expectation, like God is about to do something to bless me. Well, here's a verse for it. The prospect, what the righteous have to look forward to, the prospect of the righteous is joy. So, are you expecting something good? I'll tell you this. After this meeting's over tonight, I'm expecting to go to Culver's and have a, a hot fudge sundae. Okay? I already, pu- I already plugged it into my... I already plugged it into my little weight loss program. I got enough calories left on the day to get a hot fudge Sunday. Okay, so if anybody wants to join me, I'm not going to treat you, but I'll, you know we could go. You know. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I will treat you. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to commit. Um, but I have something to look forward to, right? Because I saved up those calories. I'm looking forward to that hot fudge Sunday. I'm just telling you the truth. Uh, you know, I saved up those calories for the day. And, uh, but what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the fellowship if anybody goes with me. I'm looking forward to sitting down talking and just having fun, you know. Hopefully somebody's got a few jokes, you know. That'll be fun too. So um, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to this retreat that I'm going to out in California. I'm looking forward to meeting those young musicians who have all got songs out and records out and uh, to be able to minister directly into their life. I am really looking forward to that, okay? Um, Boy, I I tell you, I'm looking forward to the establishment of God's will in my life to the full. You've seen those those balloons, you know, the blow up, you know, the big, uh, they got a fan blowing in them. Yeah, yeah, either they're wiggling around or the ones that just stand up, you know, Right? I don't want my life to look like this compared to what God had for me. I don't want my life to look wilted compared to what God had for me. Um, This woman, was it Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, wrote a book on death and dying. And she interviewed people who had had near-death experiences. And many, many of them saw two 
lives. They saw the life they lived, and then they saw a picture of the life they could have lived that was God's will. And all of them wish they had lived the life that God wanted them to live. Okay? So, I don't want, if you want to compare my life to what God had in store for me, right now, if you could see it, you'd probably think, Joe, I feel sorry for you. Right now, people think I'm so blessed, but if they were to see in comparison, they'd be like, aw, Joe, you okay? <laughs> you know, that's too bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, how are you, how's your comparison doing? <laughs> you know, I think we all need to allow the Holy Ghost to blow us up and fill us with his spirit so that the real fullness of God. Man, and I'm telling you, my friends, you are not going to be able to do this without fellowship. You're not going to be able to do this without the, fill, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to do this without the, the Word of God being alive and vibrant in you so that you are just eating, breathing, and drinking the Word of God. Amen. I just, I, I just, that's the way it is. All right. Okay. Proverbs 12, 20, deceit is in the heart of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. That is true. People who promote peace, they have a sense in the inside of them that they're doing the right thing, and that's a joyful feeling. Ecclesiastes 8, 15, so I commend the enjoyment of life because there is nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of the life that God has given them under the sun. I like this next verse, Isaiah 12, 3. Therefore with joy shall ye draw water from the wells of salvation. Now, you know how I've talked to you about opening up your Christmas presents? You know that we could spend the rest of our life opening up the presents that God has given us. Same, it's, this is the same picture. Therefore with joy shall ye draw water from the wells of salvation. Isaiah 12, 6, shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Isaiah 12, 6, shout aloud and sing for joy, people of God, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Do you know he's among you? He's right here. He's in you. You're one with him, right? Isaiah, well, let me, let me say this. Did you know that the maximum use of the word loud is in the book of Revelation? In the Bible, if you were to count up all the times the word loud is used, it's used the most in the book of Revelation where it talks about heaven. Which means it's actually God's will for it to be loud up there. <laughs> they must be Italian. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, um, wow. Just the fact that we can be expressive and joyful and happy, you know, that's a good thing. Let's be expressive. Let's be expressive of our thanks. Amen? This is so good. There's fullness here for you, my friends. There's fullness um, let's see. Isaiah 55, 12. This one, I think you should mark this down and keep this particular verse. 
It says, you shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. Now that phrase right there is one of the best decision-making verses in the Bible. If you're trying to make a decision, the scripture says, you shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. Well, does the decision, does the particular option you're considering, does it bring you joy and peace? If it doesn't, it's probably not God. It's probably not God, okay? You shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Amen. God wants to celebrate. God is a party God. Don't ever forget that. I I remember this from when I was a child. My dad told me God likes hugs and God likes parties. I still remember those. My dad told me that when I was little. Now, the other morning, I woke up at 6.05. And the Lord said, look it up. Okay, Isaiah 60, verse 5. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Just so you know. God has plans to increase me, just so you know, just so you know. Uh, I really believe over this last year, and I can tell you specifically what date, that the spirit of poverty was broken off of me. Actually, I can tell you, you remember the day when um, Joe came up and threw a wad of cash at me, and a bunch of other people came up and started throwing money at me? That was, a, that was the day that the spirit of poverty was broken off me. It was powerful. Things have changed. Things have changed from the point of constantly being in fear of how am I going to afford it. And do you know since that date, we've gotten rid of all of our credit card debt. And um, we had thousands and thousands of dollars of credit card debt. And it's all gone. And we've been living without that debt. And um, there's, we're, we're at a different place now than we used to be. And I'm very, very thankful, very thankful. So now when, you know, when we want to take the family out to breakfast or something, you know, that could be expensive, you know. (laughs) But I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid to say, I'll get it. Really? Yeah, that's 17 folk right sitting right there. It's okay, let's eat, you know, get what you want. Man, that's a far cry from where I used to be. I used to be afraid of situations like that. But God, Isaiah 60, verse 5, then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how is that going to happen? And he told me one day, he said, son, when you minister, the words you speak and the prophecies you give to people are going to unlock things in their heart and their whole life is going to be changed and they're going to bring you wealth from that. It's like, okay, I'll just agree with you. You know, there's a brother years ago, I prophesied to him that wealth was coming to him specifically from Chicago. I told this brother this, 
several years ago, I said, large amounts of money are coming to you from Chicago. And uh, recently, somebody from Chicago paid off all his debt and, uh, and added extra money on top and didn't do it through his ministry. They did it personally to him. I mean, he, he called me with tears pouring down his face. He was crying his eyes out, saying, you, said, you told me this years ago, and it happened. I'm telling you, the word of God will prove true, okay? Then you will look and be radiant. This is Joe Barlow right here in Isaiah 60, verse 5. You can claim it for yourself because there's enough room in this verse for more than one, all right? But I'm telling you, this is Joe Barlow right here. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Do you know what? I am not that big on stuff, you know, having a lot of stuff. You know, I'm not really so much a collector. Um, Fancy cars don't really do anything for me. You know, if I had enough money to take people out to dinner, I'd, I'd be digging on that. I'm like, let's go have some fun. You know, that, that I would love, okay? That type of stuff that, it, that develops community and strengthens people, I like that. I want to do that. So um, I don't think this is because I have a desire to, quote, unquote, be rich or, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, um, there have been some abuses with some of scriptural teaching, okay, on finances and, and wealth and that type of thing. We absolutely have to keep our hearts pure, okay? And I would tell you this, if you think I'm not pure, you probably shouldn't be given to this church. Amen? So, just so you know. But I can tell you, <laughs> well... I can tell you, we're not impure in what we're doing. We're giving, we're blessing, we're loving. And uh, so this ain't about money. This is about loving people. Let me go one more verse, okay? Uh, Isaiah 61, verse 7. Oh, this is also me, just so you know. Uh, Isaiah 61, verse 7. It's, this is also me. Um, and I, have, I can even prove it from the scripture. But anyway, Isaiah 61 says, Instead of your shame you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. Amen? So everlasting joy will be yours. Double portion. Now, I also found that in Ezekiel chapter 47 where they're dividing up the, uh, the land amongst the Israelites, Ezekiel 47 and a double portion for Joseph. So I said, okay, that, that's fine. I'll take a double portion. So if this is my verse right here, I'm going to have a double portion. I won't tonight. I'm only going to have a single scoop. All right? <laughs> so I'm not having a double portion tonight, just a single. But you watch God's hand. You watch God's hand. I will tell you now, you will see a double portion come on my life. I'm believing it. I know it. Okay? And... Uh, God wants to bless you the same, but he wants to speak to you personally. He has spoken to me personally about several of these things. 
He has spoken, but if you're never spending time with him personally, how are you ever going to hear him? I, I, you know, just let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> but I want to encourage you, spend time alone with him. Give him an opportunity to speak to your heart. Give him an opportunity to, to share things from the scriptures and to take words and say, I wrote this in the Bible just for you. You, you personally, okay? You, Mike Schuster, this is why I put this verse in the Bible. You, Roger Smith, this is why I put this verse in the Bible, because of you. I was thinking, personally thinking of you when I wrote this. I can guarantee you, my friends, you are in the Bible. Jesus found himself in the word. That's a big one. Jesus found him. Jesus did not know he was the son of God when he was born. He was a baby. And he had to learn, just like you and I have to learn. But the Holy Spirit led him and taught him, just like he's teaching you now. Okay? And he led him into all truth, and he realized who he was based on the scripture. Every miracle Jesus ever did, he had to find in the scripture. When he, made, when he made eyeballs for that guy, or when the guy who was blind, he reached down and, made, and grabbed some mud and spit, and, and he rubbed it on his eyes. He was either making eyeballs or lenses or cornea or something. He was making something, I think. Well, what about walking on the water? I think that when it says that you will have dominion over this whole creation, he placed everything under your feet. Jesus was probably sitting there up on a mountaintop one morning meditating on Put all things under my feet, all things. And he's sitting there looking at the sea of Galilee. You put all things under my feet. You put all things under, you put all things under my feet. There's the sea of Galilee. You put the sea of Galilee under my feet? Does that mean I, does that mean like the sea of Galilee should be under my feet? And I'm sure he just went through that meditative process of conversing with the Holy Spirit and the, and the Father teaching him, speaking to his heart. Yeah, I've put it all under your feet. Well, then let's go. Let's do it. So he goes out walking on the water. Jesus, at some point, had to take his first step on the water, just like Peter did. Jesus had to take his first step on the water at some point. And I can guarantee you, he had to do it by faith. He had to believe in the unseen in order for him to accomplish that. And everything I gave you tonight, talking about joy and instilling and installing, installing joy into your life, you're gonna have to do it by faith. So you can, by faith, take joy. When you... Um, you know, when the loan officer told Joe that I, she wasn't going to be able to do the loan for me, and uh, Joe said, she'll probably call you later in the day, I just sat back in my chair, and I said, and I got a big grin on my face, and I said, Joe, just sit back and watch me win, and she didn't call me that day. The next day, I called her, and she goes, I have an idea. I said, that's good. You should pursue that idea, and she got me the loan, okay? So... Um, God is looking, he, God has a huge amount of ways and desires that he wants to bless you, but you got to get in his way. You got to say, go ahead, Lord, just go ahead and bless me as much as you want to today. 
Just go ahead, Lord. Make yourself happy, because I know if you bless me, you're going to be happy. So go ahead and make yourself happy, Lord. Bless me as much as you want. Amen? Did this help anybody tonight? Father, we love you with all our heart. Lord, I ask you as you um, minister to each one of us what we're supposed to give tonight uh, and also those who are listening to the podcast, that they would hear your voice as to what to minister into this ministry um, financially. Lord, speak to every heart. Speak to every heart in Jesus' name and bless them in their giving. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Remember, uh, so Wendy's going to pass out the envelopes. If you're given online, you're welcome to um, go to josephbarlow.com slash give or slash giving, whatever it is, you'll find it. And uh, become a partner. That would be a great blessing to you. Um, okay. Well, my friends, I enjoyed tonight. I hope you did as well. Amen. Amen. I think there's some power released in the words that I'm sharing with you. Um, so many have no knowledge of these things, and they just continue without the knowledge. And the scripture says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So pray for that person who you're supposed to invite three weeks from tonight to sit in these empty chairs. There's some people here that you should be inviting. There's some people that you should be inviting here. So please go ahead and do that. Um, make that invitation an offering to God, you know? That, that in itself is an offering to the Lord that uh, you're just excited to bring more people. So um, let's, let's head into that. Amen? Are you blessed? Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming. I really do appreciate you all. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Joseph Barlow Ministries podcast. This podcast is made possible by our partners. To partner with us, head on over to josephbarlow.com where you can donate and help us share God's heart for families with the world. And if you want to learn how to hear the voice of God personally, consider taking our Hearing the Voice of God in journaling class. You'll learn to develop an open connection with God and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you through every step of your life. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.